Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the football podcast. We're talking games from last week, going through those games, reviewing those games, giving the, uh, the, the predictions for those games, and we're reviewing games for this week, predicting them, talking about them, all the football you could want in one place. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review. And the main one there is share the podcast around. Share the love. Share the podcast love. That sounds wrong. Let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Had the recording started a mere five seconds earlier than it did, uh, you would have seen one of my colleagues doing something to a glass that's better not described. Hello and welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. It's your, it's your weekly football fix, podcast network, Cookie Cast. Obviously, I'm here. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll see the other three handsome faces that are joining me this week. Mr. Cook, Mr. Woodmancy, and Mr. Moore. How are we all this week, gentlemen? Good. For a second, Dare I, I have suggest... been replaced. <laughs> Dare I suggest we're in a much happier headspace this week. Not to foreshadow the results from this week, of course, but a much better headspace than we were last week, say. Yes. I mean, I've, last week I had the joys of the Rotherham trip, so um, I was all right. But true, I suppose you did have that to sort of lift the spirits. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I did, did, did not. Um, anyway, so we'll, we'll we'll jump in. We'll jump straight in. Our our first game of week twenty nine's fixtures. So, Mister Cook. And his Brentford team taking on Liverpool. Sensing a bit of a pattern here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Cook gets a new team. And um, in, in what can only be described as a, 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 a clumsy, clumsy butterfingers over there, Mr. Cook. He, he keeps losing that particular team and uh, getting a new team. <laughs> Silly old Andrew. Silly old Andrew. Yes, and... Um, that would appear to be the case this week as well. And suddenly Brentford succumbed to a 4-1 drubbing, let's, let's be honest, uh, with this one. I actually saw the first half of this game as it was the early kickoff on the Saturday. So we on TNT Sports over here in the UK. Um, Darwin Nunez opened the scoring with a, with a lovely, a lovely uh, well-taken chip over the goalkeeper from the edge of the box. Um, it, it became two very, uh, very soon into the second half when uh, Alexis Mack Alistair scored. Um, the third was added by a returning Mo Salah um, and the icing was put on the cake when Cody Hakpo scored the fourth. Brentford did get a response uh, in the means of an Ivan Tony goal, but uh, yeah, by the, by the time that he scored, the uh, the game was well past him. 
sadly, form uh, one. Wasn't Salah only on the pitch because they'd had something like three injuries in the first half? Because didn't Jota go off injured and then, like, the tea Jota, lady Jota went, went down? Jota did go off injured, which made the, the Salah entrance probably earlier than it had been expected. But I think he was... I think he was back on the bench with the idea that he was going to play some part in the game to get him back into the first team fold and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, Liverpool rather struggling with injuries as it turned out at the moment. Um, oh. I know the uh, the violins are definitely out. Uh, you can't see any of them on this podcast as, um, for one of a better phrase, fuck Liverpool. Um, but uh, yes, uh, Liverpool ran out of four one winners on this one. Um, Sunday for myself and Mr Cook you don't get no points uh, Andy had a 1-0 Brentford win with Lewis Potter to score the goal zero points there I had gone for an optimistic 1-1 draw with hmm, strange enough Jota to score for Liverpool obviously put the curse on him there but I did have Tony to score for Brentford so I do bag myself a bonus point on the goal scorer uh, Stu had gone for a 2-1 Liverpool win for the gold, uh, points for the results. Uh, Mopey to score for Brentford, no points there. But Jones and Nunes to score for Liverpool. Whereas Matt had gone for a 3 1 Liverpool win. Um, point for the result. Tony to score for Brentford, point there. Jota, Alexander Arnold, and Nunes to score for Liverpool. So two bonus points for goal scorers there. So no points for Andy, one point for me, two for Stu, three. Mr. Moore. And speaking of Mr. Moore, we'll go to his boys next as Nottingham Forest took on West Ham United. Um, now, obviously, coming off the back of their previous result against Flicks Through Book very quickly, Newcastle United, where they had lost 3 2, were they able to flip the script, so to speak, and get a positive result this time against another United? Well, I think last week I guaranteed that both teams would score. You Not did quite. indeed. Well, Not as it quite. turns out, no. Um, I think, as well, I'd said I expected a bounce back from West Ham as well. We didn't see that either. Because uh, <clears throat> on, uh, so, again, um, reading the reports and everything, um, Forrest kind of dominated the game, dominated possession. Um, kind of seemed pretty much in control um, until about halfway through the first half the returning Felipe um, had a little bit of a kind of stumble on the sideline and Mikel Antonio took the ball through on goal but uh, the Rolls Royce of a defender that we have that's Murillo just kind of shepherded him, shepherded him to one side and took the ball away from him um, uh, I believe then, if you listen carefully um, when he uh, when he takes the ball off him, I believe he, he just screams, get on the weights, as he just shrugs him off the ball, as if uh, as if he was a small child. I mean, and Antonio's not a small guy either. <laughs> no, he's really, really not. Um, but about, um, so in first half injury time, um, bit of a kind of ball into the game, bit ball into the West Ham box, bit of a bob around. Comes out to Nico Dominguez, Dominguez, who's kind of stealth been one of the best players of the recent kind of Forest performances. Um, slipped it into uh, a one year, 
I think like a few things, a few things that I'd seen, he's like, oh, the striker's done all the work there. I'm like that pass was absolutely spot on. Like absolutely pinpoint. Uh, but when he rolls the defender, sticks it in the back of the net, one nil to Forest. Um, back out in the second half, you would have thought there'd be more. Um, West Ham would have picked up the pace. Not to be Forest dominated. Um, however, uh, late on in the second half, Nico um, Williams went into the box, and is it Max Corney who West Ham have got from Burnley? Stomped on his foot, and you would have thought that penalty would have been given. No, 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 no. That's it's not enough contact to uh, to get a penalty. That so second week, second nailed on penalty, not given. Not given by the referee, not given by VAR. Do we think it was a case of when the VAR, the, the first check on the VAR, do you reckon it was a case of, uh, okay, yeah, just looking for a VAR check on that one, lads? Um, yeah, is it, uh, can we just confirm, is, is it the Forest game you're talking about? And is it a potential penalty in the home side's favour? Yeah, that's right, we just want to check, no, no, no. It's, it, you want to see the track? No, don't want to see the replay. No, no, fine. I mean, you get a lot of kind of like crackerjack fans that kind of get in this conspiracy theory type of thing, and it's not. But it's starting to look a bit weird. I just think it's you know we've talked about. It. I think we feel like I've talked, we've talked about this every week. I think nobody knows the rules. It's t- VAR has turned into the new offside rule. It's. It's like, what's this sufficient amount of contact? Now, I know that, like, players, some players do go down if you sneeze near them. Um, but, like, the last two Forest penalties, that is, both of them have been significant, kind of, um, there's been significant contact. You know, if someone treads on your foot, you're probably going down. You know, if someone trod on my foot and I was walking, I'd probably fall over. Let alone running at like you know a decent speed, which Nico Williams does go at. Um, but yeah, penalty not given. Is this yeah whatever kind of thing? Was it a significant error? Whatever that is. Um, however, in second half injury time, um, nice bit of play from Forrest. Really nice kind of touch from Dvorak Origi to Nico Williams on the wing who manages to get the ball, cross it in. <laughs> Alanga slices it off his foot and it goes to hudson Adoy, who sticks it in the back of the net. And shocking, for some shocking reason, Alanga gets the assist. It's a right shit out of an assist, but he gets the assist. In, in the um, fantasy world, that is known as the absolute beauty assist. Because obviously it's, it's one of those, what are you doing, you absolute, you absolute genius? Yeah, what, oh, what, a, what a pass, what vision, what Would vision. Would be absolutely furious in the league, if, if like you were in the league with someone who had a langer in their team, you'd be like, what? No, you've got an assist for that one. <laughs> but yeah, promise to come out um, winning 2-0. And post-match, have recruited Mark Clattenberg to be an advisor. Initially, it was like an advisor to the club, but it sounds like just an advisor to the chairman. 
so God knows what's going on. But like apparently he's producing portfolios on the referees, so like you kind of know what their deal is and what they like and what they don't like and stuff like that. So like you know, flowers and chocolate or cookies <laughs> and, uh, and beers and stuff like that. You know, um, I'm so sure yeah. every single one will be like um, two words for you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, bank transfer is the. Uh... <laughs> It's a weird one. It's obviously been roundly panned by every single British English panellist, you know, who's on Sky Sports, you know, to have a good old laugh about it. But apparently it is something that is widely used on the continent. So, like, a lot of a lot of teams on the continent have a refereeing consultant slash member of the team. He won't be pitch side. To therefore go and harangue the fourth official on the behalf of Forrest um, and he's not a permanent member of the club he's just there as I don't know and maybe the, maybe the, maybe the chairman's training for gladiators as well so um, <laughs> you got that so yeah so God knows what he's doing um, it's nice to see that Sky Sports have decided to um, give it a chance, maybe, or just roundly mock it, which they've all done. I think when I was talking to James uh, Pass about earlier, it said that I think the idea is that he's there to sort of give them advice on when and when not to appeal, like certain decisions about. So, say if you get like a red card. Um, You've obviously got a set amount of time in which you can actually appeal the decisions. Right. And generally, obviously, you get the issues where if you appeal and they don't think it's like you know a worthy appeal or anything like that, you can sometimes have extra games added on for frivolous appeals and things like that. So I imagine if, stuff I mean, like that. And if, that's the case, if, if that's the case, though, I genuinely hope he's on like a piecework contract because otherwise he'll be like down training in the week going, See that lad next week, snap him. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the problem is, like, if, if someone's got to go in and, if he's got to go in there and tell them to stop sending letters complaining to the PGMOL, then I could have done that probably for a lot less than Mark Plattenberg's kind of... Um, Charging them. So I, I was going to say, if Forrester handing out made-up jobs, I I can do a made-up job. I can absolutely tell them how to not do things that, uh, you know, common sense. I can be a common sense coordinator. There we go, title already sorted. I can get paid, you know, a little above minimum wage to do this job. And basically, I can go in there and tell them when not to do silly things. I mean, the first thing would be is why on earth have you got um, official, what are they called, e-sport players? I mean, Jesus Christ. That, that, was, that was on the social media the other week, and I was like, what? No. Get out. Right, should we go through the uh, score? <laughs> After a wander around the madness of this fucking Premier League. The one thing you did miss off your uh, round of the game was um, the unfortunate uh, 
couple of minutes that Mr. Uh, sorry, that England international Calvin Phillips had in the game, of course. Um, uh, the, the poor recipient of two yellow cards within the space of about 90 seconds. Yeah, I mean, the first one was a bit, I mean, Dominguez has wound him right up, and of course he kept his call. Oh no, he didn't, he shoved him to the ground, which of course is going to get you a, a booking. And then the second one, I, it annoys me because there's some. Has has Gibbs White sold it? Yes. Is it the worst one I've ever seen? Absolutely not. And then Garth. What's his face? Garth Crooks has decided that he's. Uh, oh, it's terrible. I'm sick of players doing that now. Why? Why is Gibbs White's version of it the. The the, the the you know the straw that broke the camel's back because it was quite a nasty challenge. His foot was very very high, and it was just unnecessary. And I think someone I think one of the things I'd seen was that obviously he got booked for shoving someone to the ground, but the foul will have been an accumulation of all the other shitty fouls that he that he will have done through the game that will have been treated as two separate things. Exactly. Yeah, not a uh, not been a stellar start for Mr. Phillips's lone move that's that's going to re uh, kickstart his England career. He said through uh, incredibly gritted teeth. Uh, predictions wise, um, uh, both myself and Stu had gone for draws. This one, I'd gone for a nil-nil, so I get no points across the board. Stu had gone for a one-one draw with a one and Bowen, so I guess it's a bonus point. For the goal score, uh, Mad, as we as we said before, had gone for uh, uh, yeah what what appears to be the the Forest favourite score since being uh, returned to the Premier Division a two three home defeat. Uh, so he was incorrect with uh, with his prediction there, but did have a one year in his goal score as for the Forest, so does get a bonus point there. Mister Cook, however, had gone for a one nil Forest win with a one year to score. So bags themselves two points there. So we move on to our next game, and it's Mr. Woodmansey's turn to step up to the plate as Huddersfield Town were taking on Hull City. Now this was yet another Yorkshire-based game for you boys. Did you attend said game? No, unfortunately not. The tickets for this one were a sellout as well. Um, for us personally, um, it's it would have been the second of uh, well the second the second of two away games that week. So obviously, like just travelling and money and uh, yeah, a li- little bit of a stretch for us. But no, we did um, well. In in my wife's eyes, we committed the sin of me driving whilst listening to the game, and she hates it when this happens. Um, particularly hated it after seven minutes when Greaves scored and I think she genuinely thought we were going to die um, but yeah it was Greaves' 200th appearance for the club and uh, yeah the goal came from uh, the corner on the left it was headed out um, knocked back into the area and Alfie Jones of all people so the other centre half heading it back into the danger zone where Jacob Greaves finished nicely with his left foot however I say finished nicely 
he kept it down and on target. He's a defender. That's all we ask that he does. Um, the Huddersfield keeper did not cover himself in any glory by essentially congratulating the ball on its way into the net um, by just giving giving a little tickle on its way by. Uh, um, I believe in some corners of the world that he is known to have what are deemed poppadom wrists. Um, so... Uh, the bad news from this game was that Tyler Morton took a knock, um, had a couple of stints of uh, treatment, and unfortunately had to be replaced after 30 minutes. So that was that was a bit of bad news. I didn't kind of know what would happen after that. Um, not really much happened. Like it was a, it was it was a really even game. Um, there was. But no real sort of massive chances in that respect. Possession-wise, it was forty-eight fifty-two in Hull's favour. So again, very close. Both teams mustered only three shots on target each all game. However, one of the shots on target for Huddersfield did beat Ryan Orsop as Rodoni scored from the edge of the area in the uh, ninety-plus-two minute category. So. Been one nil up since the seventh minute. Injury time arrives. Think, oh, they're throwing it away. I was ready to kick an inanimate object over the back fence at this point, as we we had arrived home. Thankfully, wasn't driving by this point. Um, and I thought that was it. I was like, well, man, point away from home, not bad, but also it's Huddersfield, so we should have we should have been winning this game. Um, however, there was still another two minutes of injury time to play, and again, to mark his 200th appearance for the club, Jacob Greaves popped up with his second of the game. We have multiple attacking options on the pitch, and it was a centre-half that bailed us out. And this time, it wasn't necessarily the fancy building up from the back and playing it through the thirds. It was the end of the game, a good old-fashioned lump into the box, and a diving header from the centre half who um, was quite brave in this situation because he nearly it, it was one of them. It was fifty-fifty. Either he was heading the ball towards the goal, or he was going to be picking his teeth up off the floor um, because there was a, a boot very close to his face. But thankfully for for us and the once again sold out travelling full support, um, three points comes all the way back to East Yorkshire from the filthy West. So it's uh, yeah. Two two away games on the spin, third win in a row, which is um, pretty good. Indeed, a rather enjoyable trip back down the M62 for the whole fans. From a predictions perspective, points across the board as we all had full city wins. Andy had one nil with Billy Sharp to score, so just the one point for the result. I had. 2-0 with Philogene and Ohio, sorry, 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 Ohio to score. Uh, does that mean we should potentially call him Philogene as well? Uh, he's, um, he, he has Jaden on the back of his shirt. So oh, that's, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, that's true, true. Um, so I didn't get a goal scorer, just, uh, just the, the one point for the correct result for me. Both Stu and Matt, however, had 2-1 Hull City victories. Well done, boys. Two points for you there. 
Uh, that's where the points end for Mr. Woodman's team, as he had Coroma to score for Huddersfield, uh, Carvalier and Sharp to score Hull. There. Matt also had 2-1 as we said had Philogene and Ohio but did also have Rudoni to score for Huddersfield to find himself an extra bonus point for a goal scorer there to get himself three points for the week our next game saw my boys Middlesbrough taking on top of the table pace setting and probably on to be record breaking Leicester City <clears throat> and to say that I went into this with little to no confidence would be the understatement of the season so far. And um, how right I was as Middlesbrough ran out 2-1 winners to beat Leicester for the second time this season. Yes, that's correct, folks. Middlesbrough, who can't beat bottom-of-the-table Rotherham once this season, but can beat the league leaders both times. Um, the opening goal was scored when the ball was played out from the, from the back into Lewis O'Brien's feet near the centre circle. Um, he did, played a little, little one-two with Sam Silvera on the left-hand side, who then released Lewis O'Brien down the left. Um, he outpaced uh, the Leicester centre-half bound phase, which meant that they both had to be travelling at about two miles per hour, as uh, it was uh, a bit of a uh, reverse pace-off. As, uh, as in who was the least slow to get to the ball. Uh, Lewis O'Brien, then all he had to do was square the ball across. Uh, Finners as to, uh, to, I say, took away unmarked, but he did have to do a little cheeky lift over the keeper as the keeper was coming out uh, to try and uh, block, block the shot. Um, one became two quite soon after in the first half, as Sam Silvera got to the second. Um, Leicester had taken a throw in on the right-hand side. Uh, where Ryan McGreen was quick on the money, uh, intercepted the, uh, the throw um, from uh, Stefan Mavadidi, um, slipped a little through ball from Sam Silvera into the box, who just finished lovely across the goalkeeper to make it 2-0. Uh, Leicester did get a goal back with about five minutes to go in the second half, uh, a, a classic Jamie Vardy finish uh, in, a, in such a ball was clipped over the top for him to use his pace to run on to in behind. He outpaced the centre-back uh, slashed a lovely finish across the goalkeeper to give the Borough fans a, a nervy last five or ten minutes. But they did hang on to get a, uh, a famous win, their first, no less, at the old Crisp Bowl. Uh, the, it, it, it might be the King Power Stadium. It'll always be the Walker Stadium to me. It'll always be the Crisp Bowl. Um, so, yes, a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Um, myself, Stu and Matt had all gone for Leicester City victories uh, and sadly in that I'd gone 3-0 Stewart gone 1-0 uh, and neither of us had Vardy to score in our Leicester goal scorers so we get zero points Matt had 3-1 and had picked Vardy to score but had also picked Azaz to score for the Borough so I guess it's still two bonus points even though he got the result uh, incorrect Mr Cook though he's done it again 2-0 Middlesbrough win with Fours and Silvera to get the goals. So bags himself two points from the Leicester-Middlesbrough game. We have two games left to go through in week 29. Before we give you the results of Manchester City versus Brentford, we are just going to take a small break for refreshments, 
maybe urinations. Who can tell? Might be all sorts of, uh, of fun and frolics on this side of the podcast. You won't need to go anywhere. We'll be right back in your feed. But we're going to have to sit tight for two minutes. Bear with us. Recording in progress. And just like that, urinations are complete. Drinks are fully charged. Everyone is happy. So, where we left off, our next game to cover was Manchester City versus Brentford. Could Brentford give Mr Cook a second stab at staying as his chosen club when they travelled to the Etihad to take on the might of Manchester City? No, in short answer, was uh, was the case. They, they did all right for a half. They got to, they got they got to half time at nil nil, uh, but sadly they succumbed, like most people do, to an Erling Haaland strike midway through the second half, which sadly condemned them to a second defeat in a week, and uh, left Mr Cook with the onerous choice of taking Liverpool or Manchester City as his next team. So it's one of those Wait things that. It, it it's not a great choice. I don't want to have to go into the background of certain uh, team choices, etc., etc. However, uh, there's absolutely no way I'm taking Liverpool, so I think that kind of decided that there is there is one team that I would take less than taking Liverpool, and I think it's because basically their fans are the same. Um, so I. I I guess it's Man City. Well, uh, not to not to sort of you know cast aspersions on any previous tattoos you might have, but at least you'd only have to make like one adjustment to a particular team to make that one relevant. But you know, it, it is what it is. From a predictions perspective. Um, Andy had gone for a 1-1 draw had some faith in his Brentford boys um, had a Lewis Potter goal for Brentford but did have the uh, the dark bonus of a Haaland goal for Man City so he did bag himself a bonus point there for the goal scorer even if he didn't have the result um, myself, Stu and Matt all had varying degrees of Man City win Stu had gone 3-0 with Haaland, Foden and Alvarez myself and uh, Matt had both gone 4-1 um, I had Haaland with two, Foden and De Bruyne with Wisser to score for Brentford. Um, Matt had Haaland, De Bruyne, Silva and Bob to score for Man City. So basically, Andy gets one point for Haaland scoring. Myself, Stuart and Matt all get two points for Man City, uh, Man City winning and Haaland scoring. And to finish off the week... Hull City were uh, were in action for the third away away match in a row, which, when you think about it on paper, sounds a little bit crazy. Um, but they travelled all the way down to Southampton, which is a, just a, a nice five minute jaunt down the road for a Tuesday night, isn't it? I mean, you, you say five minute. What you meant was five hundred mile trip on uh, a Tuesday night, and um, the. The, the tardy 450 to 500 people who made the journey 
uh, those of them that went on the official coaches um, were at least treated by club sponsor McVitie's to like a little snack pack on the team coach. So that was a nice, nice little touch on the way down from one of the club sponsors. Um, uh, those same people returned back to East Yorkshire at quarter past three in the morning on Wednesday. Um, but did they return having eaten all of their biscuits and Jaffa cakes and with three points? Um, I don't know when the last time Hull won four games in a row would have been, particularly three away games. Oh, wait a minute. It's right now because Hull won for the third game in a row, 2-1. So what What was, I think, was it last season, Borough seemed to pull out 3-1. Hull have just decided now, can't be asked for that, we'll just go one less. Um, so, yeah. Zorori's first goal since joining on loan from Burnley arrived in the 11th minute of the game. Oh, this time, podcast listeners, you'll be pleased to know, I wasn't driving. I was, however, on a treadmill. Um, in, a, in a separate garage to the building that I'm currently broadcasting to you from right now. And my wife did come out to the garage to check that the noise she had heard was not me killing myself by falling off the treadmill. So, um, so yeah. Apologies to the neighbours down the street. Um, yeah, so the goal came around as uh, Giles took the ball, as he tends to do, <laughs> into the attacking third, uh, passed it to Philogene, who had a, a, a bit of a rasping shot. Um, the keeper got two hands to it, and it rebounded straight into the path of uh, Zorori, who took it away. Uh, but from all accounts, the commentary, Hull were, were going from strength to strength. It did seem like a bit of a an open game though or a more open game in the first half uh, Southampton took a leaf out of our for the uh, for the second goal in attempting to play it out from the back and Hull took a leaf out of everybody else's book that we've played this season and actually pressured man to man right on the edge of the 18 uh, yard box <laughs> Philogene picked up a loose ball passed it to Fabio Carvalho 2-0 Hull um, that was on the 36th minute went into half time 2-0 up a little bit like shocked as to what was actually happening because bearing in mind Southampton are third in the league and haven't lost at home since September um, it was a bit of a bit of a strange one anyway Southampton Apparently improved in the second half, although the commentary I was listening to um, talked more about Hull in the second half than they had in the first half. Uh, oh, by the way, the, I was listening to commentary and then when I came off the treadmill, as in not falling off my own volition, um, I decided to put Sky Sports News on for a little bit to see some of the um, coverage of sort of around the games that were going on. Um, Paul Merson is not the guy you want covering your game because every time it so much as goes into the final third, that man is looking for TV time. Every time the ball into the final third, all you hear is uh, uh, in the background. It's like, just, just just pipe down. Unless it's an actual shot or something of value, shut the fuck up. Um, anyway, Hull being Hull couldn't hang on to the 2-0 for the full game. And in the 88th, 88th minute, let a Rebo score um, for what ended up being a consolation goal. So, could have been worse. Um, 
for the first time in a long time, actually, probably because of the second half, Hull played a team that had more possession than them. Um, but we still had more shots on target, and ultimately the ones that counted. So, um, yeah, moved Hull back up into sixth. Very happy. Very, very happy. Very, very happy. That's all I can say. <laughs> Absolutely. You uh, you can't really argue with, uh, with getting three points at a team that hasn't lost in five months at home or seven months at home five months at home five months at home I'll get maths someday don't worry um, and like you say obviously moving them up into the playoffs um, a very uh, very handy position to be in uh, with about 12 or so games left in predictions wise myself you and Matt didn't really give Hull much of a chance at this one um, Stewart gone for a one nil Hull, uh, sorry, a one nil Southampton win with Adam Armstrong to score goal. I had gone for a three one Southampton win with Adams, Adam Armstrong, and Indozi to score. Billy Sharp to bag for Hull. Matt had gone for a three two. He'd obviously thought that the Forest uh, Forest was going to have a little bit of uh, influence on this game, so he'd gone for Adam Armstrong to get two. His favourite small bow bag one for Southampton uh, and then replies from Philogene and Carvalho so does manage to get himself a point and in doing so keeps up his record of getting at least one point in every one of the six games this week which I think would deserve a round of applause there so well, well done for uh, getting at least a point in all of our games this week um, but he's done it again ladies and gentlemen Captain Optimistic was right on the money. 2-1 Hull City victory. Two points for the result. Sadly, he did just have Armstrong to score for Southampton, so no points there. He also had Sharp, but Andy had Zaruri to score for Hull, so bagged himself a third point for that particular game. So all that means is that after the six games, the points for the week are thus... I have four points from six games. Stu ended up with seven points from six games. Andy, a very, very respectable nine points from six games. Tell you something, there's not many weeks where someone has gone nine points to not win the week, but bagging the win with a whopping 12 points for the week. Mr. Matthew Moore, take a bow, son. That is quite the week. It's not often we get double digits in the points collected column. So, we move and we switch our attentions to week 30. And week 30 has a few uh, a few games live on the old tally box. As it starts with league fixtures and then transitions into midweek FA Cup fifth round fixtures. But the first game which is taking place this Saturday at a lunchtime kickoff on the Sky Telly Box is Hull City taking on West Bromwich Albion, somewhat of the Woodmansea Brinton Derby, if you will. Uh, for those that know, they know. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodmansea's team. He will give his prediction last. As seems to be the case when we do these particular podcasts, I'll jump in as I have my results written right in front of me as we speak. 
I've gone for this one in 2-2 draw. For Zaruri and Philogene to score for Hull. Vyman and Swift to score for West Brom. This is fifth playing sixth. So two teams that are very much in the playoff hunt. Matt, what have you got down for Hull versus West Brom? I have thought along the similar lines to your good self. I've also gone for a one-all draw. Okay. Philogene and Johnston. Ah, yeah. This Johnston fella, I need to I need to get in touch with my friend who is a Celtic supporter. As I'm, I, I, unless I've misread something, I think this was their next guy who was going to be sold for mega money. And he's ended up going on loan to West Brom. So I don't know if that's just to test the waters to see how he sort of like flies in English football. And then a more concrete order, a more concrete offer might come in the summer. I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds like it. Go. sounds like they were thinking they were going to get like double digit money for it. Yeah, that sounds like it. Send him away to England to see how much he's going to make, and then uh, try and bump it up a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Uh, Andy, what have you got down for Hull versus West Brom? Two 0 to Hull. I like it. Sharp and Zorori to score. Dare I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, that we may have found Andy's new pick for the next 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah, if one of them gets injured, I'm absolutely screwed, but, you know. Go <laughs> uh, Stu, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, can, can we win five on the spin? Have I also got 2-0 in my book? One of those is correct. Two nil to West Brom. <coughs> oh, what? Wallace. I missed your first goal score there. Ryman. The other night, as 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 great as it, and don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the Southampton victory. Um, it was a little bit irritating that the teams around us also that were playing in action that night also picked up points. Like, I think West Brom kind of, I, I can't remember if they left it late to kind of seal the victory, but there was the element of, oh, we're in the playoffs. Oh, you ass. At the same time when I've seen their result come in. So, um, yeah, they're in they're in a good vein of form. We, we don't always tend to do that well against West Brom. So, it is what it is. Yeah, Bit of a bogey side. I do seem to remember that being the case in the past for all things that comes to West Brom. Um, next game sees Aston Villa taking on Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. Um, obviously, Mr. Moore's team, therefore he will give his prediction last. Uh, let's go to Andy first off. This one. What have you got down for Villa versus Forest? One apiece. Interesting, I like it. I've got Watkins to score for Villa. And, uh, yeah. no surprises, Awanyi to score for Forest. Very nice. Uh, that could only mean, ladies and gentlemen, the Aston Villa website is in full working order. Am I correct in thinking this? Uh, it is in full working order, I can confirm. Heartily. Very nice. Uh, sadly for Mr Moore, I've gone for a 2-1 Villa win on this one. Villa 
very much out of form at home, but away from home have been very good. I know this one is at Villa Park, and they've lost the last three there. You'd think that probably ends fairly soon, and I think it could be this weekend, sadly. Uh, so I've gone 2-1. I've gone Watkins and McGinn to score for Villa, because why wouldn't he score? Because shit house. Uh, and Danilo to score for Forrest. Um, the look on the Mr. Woodmanty's chops would indicate that he's either got McGinn to score, or I've just pissed all over his chips with everything I've said there. Almost. So I, I have it down as 2-2. Okay. Uh, I've got Elanga and Gibbs-White for Forrest. Um, and I've got Watkins and McGinn. And my entire reason for picking McGinn is because he's a massive shithouse. And you said <laughs> the exact same thing. But I think I agree with what you were saying about Villa haven't been amazing at home of late. Forrest have been doing pretty well. But um, until the West Ham game, also shipped a few goals. So he kind of, it's got that high scoring, let's not bother playing the keeper for the last five minutes kind of feel about it. So Rush, push the goalie, push the goalie or pull the goalie. As a, I believe the uh, ice hockey pretending. Obviously, watch out in the new year. I don't year think anybody in ice hockey says it like that, though, Paul. To be fair. Well, you know, <laughs> just just saying. Watching the new year for the uh, getting over ice ice baby podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of the hockey world. Uh, obviously, if that ends up happening, I will eat my own clothes, as I know next to nothing about ice hockey. So the lesson about that, the better. Um, Matt, how do you see things pan out for your boys in Birmingham? I have also agreed with the scoreline from somebody on this podcast, and it is you, Mr. Williams. I've gone for a 2-1 Villa win. I almost went for the trusty 3-2, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think, you know, I think it's it's the kind of thing of like, you know, Villa are still fourth in the league or fourth or fifth in the league, which is means they are decent. Um, and we played West Ham when they were on their way down. I know we've kind of turned it around a little bit, but away form is a lot different to home form for Forest. So I've gone for yeah, two-one Villa win. Watkins and Louise to score for um, Villa. And Morgan Gibbs White, kind of, he's from that area, so I just thought, ah, sod it, give him a, give him a goal for his troubles. Gibbs White. Yes. Yeah, one of those sort of strange things. He's from the Midlands, which obviously means that, of course, he's a Man United fan. Work that one out when you uh, when you have the time. Uh, our next game sees my boys Middlesbrough back at home to take on Plymouth. Now, just before you get your predictions, lads, I will just remind you, this is the Borough. They are coming off a fantastic result against Leicester. Just keep that in mind when you're making your predictions. Uh, let's go to Stu for his prediction first. Yeah, but also they're playing Plymouth, so... Not the worst. Now, I remind you, they played. They played Rotherham twice this season and have not beaten them once. Um, by the way, actually, on the back of that note from earlier, if if full win against Leicester, then we will also do the double over on this season. 
Um, but anyway, we digress. Borough won Plymouth nil. It's about time that that Aussie young man popped back up again with a goal, so stick me down for Riley McGree. Mind that at all. Obviously got himself an assist on Saturday against Leicester, so a goal must must be uh, fairly uh, fairly shortly incoming. Uh, Matt, what have you got on for Borough Plymouth? I've gone for a one-all draw. See, Matt gets it. I don't know. Plymouth, or whenever I see Plymouth on telly or like I'm watching, kind of, they always seem to be doing something decent. And like, I couldn't understand why Schumacher left Plymouth to go to Stoke. We're terrible. Um, yeah, so one all draw. Uh, Silvera for the Borough and Whitaker for Plymouth. I only assume it's slightly closer to the airport. When he goes on holiday, Wait, come on. Answers on a postcard, ladies and gentlemen, because if anyone could decipher that one, I'll give up some cash. Uh, Andy, what have you got for uh, Borough versus Plymouth? Two now. Uh, Fours and Silvera. Oh, his favourite combo. Got them all. I've got them all this week. Uh, despite my uh, despite my uh, consternation about the fact that this is Middlesbrough and the fact that they have just beaten the league leaders, I have gone for a two 0 win. Um, and you've all forgotten, lads. Finazaz has literally only just left Plymouth to sign for the Borough, so I've gone for Azaz and Fours to get the goals. Uh, I imagine it'll be one of those ones. He'll probably if he does score. It'll be the old head, head, in, head in sort of uh, hang dog mode. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to score. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Um, right. Our next game sees Mr. Cook's new side of Manchester City travelling down to the South Coast to take on Bournemouth. Um... I found this on the web. Thanks. Didn't ask you to. Um, obviously, Mr. Cook's new team, he will go last. Uh, I've gone for a 3-1 Manchester City victory. Got Solanke to score for Bournemouth, then one each for Haaland, Foden, and obviously Bournemouth old boy, Nathan Ake. Stu, what have you got now for Bournemouth versus City? 1-0 Alvarez. Man City, obviously. What? Man City seems to be. They were giving uh, Alvarez the uh, indistinction of scoring an own goal in a Bournemouth win. No, they. Man City seem to be doing that thing where they're struggling but still winning games. So I'll just go down in that. Keep keep following that that trend and see if it comes off. Sign of a good team, a sign of a title winning team. Very much <laughs> <laughs> what have you got down for Bournemouth Man City? I've, I took kind of Stu's idea into account as well, so I've just gone for a 2 1 win for Man City. Man City wins still, but just a 2 1 win. Yep. Solanke for uh, Bournemouth. 
Harlan and Doku for uh, Man City. Ah, yes. Jeremy Doku, the man who has no clue what speed his legs will travel at that day. Um, that brings us to the new Manchester City fan in the room, Mr Andrew Cook. How do you see this one panning out for your latest squeeze? Yeah, I've got I've got to be hopeful here. I've got to I've got to really really stick to the stick to the new team. So one one nil bond, bond. one nil Bournemouth <laughs> win. Correct. Yes. Uh, with uh, what's going uh, Solanke. Now there was there was a chance for you here, Andy, to uh, to, to crack out an ex Middlesbrough name in Tavernier. But uh, if he does score, I'd be very Darn it. Um, so, two games left, and sticking with Mr Cook's team, we see Luton Town taking on Manchester City in the fifth round of the FA Cup, and has and has been, uh, and as has been the uh, the case, as in the past couple of years, this is the fifth round that will be taking place midweek, so as to avoid any um, disruption to the weekend football fixtures. Uh, obviously, it's Mr Cook's team, so he will go last once again. Um, I've gone for a 2-0 Man City win on this one. I've gone for Alvarez and Bob to score the goals. Uh, Matt, what have you got for this one? I've gone for a 3-1 Man City win. Yep. I've got Morris for Luton. Boom. And then Alvarez, Bowden and Bob. I'm going to put it out there. If Man City don't lose a game between now and the end of the season, are we all just going to chip in for a bump uh, shirt for Mr Cook? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stu? <laughs> Andy looks delighted at that prospect. <laughs> um, it looks like a it wouldn't be a bob. It, it wouldn't be a bob shirt. Surely that guy will sell more bobble hats anyway, um, or bobble heads. Um, I have also agreed with Matt. It's uh, it's a one three. It's a shit house goal for Luton. I cannot stand that guy. Like, just no. Uh, Is this before then, or after he cheated to win that penalty against the Borough? Uh, just all of the above. He's just a filthy, filthy footballer. Well, he came from Barnsley, didn't he? He can go back there as well. Um, <laughs> and then Man's, then for Man City, I've also got Foden, but I've gone for Haaland and the lesser-spotted Rodri. You say lesser-spotted, but you'd be amazed how often that guy pops up with really, really vital goals for him. Obviously, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how vital it would be in a three-one win, but um, no, no. But scored the equaliser against Chelsea. Scored the winner in the Champions League final. Big game well, player. Big game yeah, but player. He's, he's not. He's not on the predictions very often, is he, for a team like that? So no, I thought probably I'd true. True. Uh, so second game in the space of a week for your boys, and the. How do you see this one panning out? Sticking with uh, sticking with the boys, one uh, nil Luton win. And the Luton website. Yeah, solid, solid. Got me, got me to uh, Adebayo. 
Elijah, right? Which means our last game of the predictions week takes us over to West Bridgeford, where Nottingham Forest will be taking on Manchester United, also in the fifth round of this season's FA Cup. Mr. Ma- uh, Mr. Matt, Mr. Matthews' team learned, so he will go last. Um, let's let's go to Andy for this one. What have you got for Nottingham Forest versus Manchester United? Obviously, unofficial podcast derby. Uh, I should also be going. I should be going second to last, really. Um, but I've 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 had to stick it, you know, nice and down the line with a one-one draw. Uh, Very nice. Both goals. A one-ye and Rashford. Stu. Uh, you can stick me down for an Awanya goal. You can also stick me down for a Rashford goal. But I'm sorry, Matt. You can also pop me down for a Garnacho goal. Well, that is 1-2. For those of you keeping score at home. And you'll be hearing that result again now. As I too have gone for a 2-1 Manchester City win. Oddly similar, I've also got a one-year Hoyland and Rashford. Hoyland and Rashford don't play for Manchester City, Paul. Did I say Manchester City? Yeah, you did. I meant to say Manchester United. <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, but yes, yeah, Nottingham Forest versus Manchester United. 2-1 win. A one-year Hoyland Rashford. How do you see it panning out? And is this one on TV? It is on the telly box, yes. I'm going to tell you this now, I sincerely hope that all of you are wrong with having a one to score, because I do not want him to play in this game. <laughs> I want him to be rested, I want him to be kept, because we're not going to win the FA Cup, we're not going to win this game, therefore the fact that he is nursing himself week to week, from weekend to weekend to play for Forest in the league, then he definitely doesn't need to be trotted out for for the FA Cup. Um, that being said, I've gone for a four-one Man United win. I think it could go badly because obviously they lost to they lost at our place just after Christmas, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, I just think they're going to come out all guns blazing. They seem to have hit the straps all of a sudden. I don't know where it's come from, but it just seems to... Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I've got a Rigi scoring for Forrest. Yeah. scoring for Forrest. And then I've got Rashford with one. Hoyland with two. And the, the stealth... I don't think he even is stealth shithouse. Fernandez to get the fourth. Now, there's no stealth about it. He's just, he's just the full-on shithouse. Like, wonder, wondering where the bounces come from. It's the old uh, Jimmy Ratcliffe takeover, isn't it? Which, which I might add, I learnt this week that he is uh, of Beverly Grammar School fame. So he went to school. Yes. I, I too discovered this when I was uh, doing a little bit of digging about him earlier on. Yeah, born in, born in Manchester, but moved to Beverly with his uh, family when he was about ten years old. Definitely doesn't sound like he's from either of those places. <laughs> no, no. 
he's uh, he's, he's, def- he's definitely strikes me as one of those guys who's got the old RP pronunciation. That brings us to an end of the predictions for this week, ladies and gentlemen. But, Mr. Wubberty, I understand you have some odds for our boys. I do indeed. So, just for the weekend's games. Um, so, we'll start with the bad news first. If uh, Villa, West Brom and Plymouth were to do the dirty, uh, that'll get your odds at twenty or almost 24 to 1. If things work out level across the board and all three of our teams draw that will get you a nice little almost 61 to 1 so I mean obviously the draw is always going to be higher but that feels especially high this week Um, and if the best should happen coincidentally is the lowest odds out of the three sets of, uh, of the bets um, so Forest, Hull, and Borough all to emerge victorious will get you nineteen to one this week. So uh, Mr. Hill seems to think there's more chance of us all winning, uh, like we all did last weekend. So, well, I was going to say, do you want to uh, do you want to inform the, uh, the, the the listening and viewing public what they would have won had they backed all of our boys to win last Saturday? Uh, so last week, um, had. Had you have jumped on board with the uh, the triple victories, um, I am struggling to find this right now. Uh, I believe it was about twenty five to one. Wasn't it? it was. It it was decent. Um, There it is, Mr. Mr. Cook has, uh, has, has, has kindly uh, put it up there. Well, that was the return on a 25 pence stake. 24, there we go, 24, 24 to 1. You did, you, got. Did, you put that, did you put that on as well, Andy? No, that's what you sent. No, you sent us a picture. I didn't realise I'd done that. I'm more organised than I gave myself credit for. Yeah, um, you sent us a picture of the, uh, of the, winning, of the winning bet. So, That's okay. so yeah, that'll uh, that'll that'll fund fund the uh, the rest of the season's twenty five p betting. Um, so there we go. Lovely stuff. So the other thing that's another week. Don and Dusty tied up nicely with a nice ribbon, some string, maybe a little bit of glitter, and a bow. <laughs> All for you, lovely folks. Join us again next week, where we'll tear, we'll we'll dress it all down and do it all over again for you. Thank you as always my three wonderful colleagues um, and yeah take care take care of yourselves take care of everyone else and we'll see you in about a week's time for now tatty bye so there you go what do you think of that another one done another week of games gone another week of games to come before you go, before you leave us, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. And that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.